This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All statements and opinions expressed by guests of the Adult in the Room podcast are strictly their own and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or opinions of the host, producers, or advertisers. All interviews are presented in their most complete possible form in the interests of free speech. No statements should be interpreted as financial, legal, or medical advice. Listener and viewer discretion are strongly advised. It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Hey, and welcome back to the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. Well, as you know, President Trump has been indicted again, this time for the fourth time, because there hasn't been enough thrown against the wall yet. So this time, this one happened in Fulton County, Georgia, as you probably know by now, alleging 160 acts all sorts of things, uh, trying to enact some sort of uh, criminal enterprise. So what they have to do is believe that prove rather that President Trump, former President Trump, believed the election was really fair and that Joe Biden won. This is sort of essential to be able to prove the, re, uh, the criminal enterprise that they're alleging in Fulton County, Georgia. And if you're Donald Trump, and the Democratic Party already tried to frame you as a Russian secret agent and that you were sending smoke signals to Vladimir Putin through a special telephone. Yeah, special phony telephone, by the way. And uh, among other efforts to discredit Donald Trump during the 2016 election and during his presidency, then uh, would you doubt for one second that Donald Trump wouldn't think? I mean, it's a double negative, but don't you think he'd be of the belief that there's something funny business happening during the 2020 election when all these states decided to change their election laws and just for COVID and all of a sudden you had universal mail-out ballots to everybody who's ever been on a registration form? Well, of course, of course, he thinks something happened. Of course, he thinks some funny business happened. But this is what they have to prove. And good luck proving that, uh, he, you know, he didn't know or think that something funny was really going on in the elections of 2020. But former President Trump could be stuck, however, as a result of all of these indictments in a courtroom for the entirety of the election season. Now, we've got lots of ground to cover today on the Adult in the Room podcast. And for that, we like to turn to Mike Davis of the Article 3 Project, who has been watching the full court legal press being enacted against the former president. Mike Davis, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you for having me back on. Now, you find Mike Davis at the Article 3 Project. You find him on Twitter, and you also find him on Substack, unfazed and determined. And it seems like you are. So they're going to lock President Trump, possibly, in a courthouse in Georgia for the remainder of the election season. How big a possibility do you think this really is? Well, I mean, this is clear 
lawfare by the Democrats against President Trump on five different fronts. It's clear election interference. We've been talking about this, Victoria, for the last year, going back to the Mar-a-Lago raid last August, the unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid on a former president for having his presidential records, which is allowed by the Presidential Records Act. And these five fronts are this. We had uh, Tish James, the New York Attorney General, filing a civil fraud lawsuit against President Trump for the non-fraud of a businessman paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full with interest. And then uh, this Manhattan DA, Soros-funded Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, indicted a former president for the first time in American history and a leading presidential candidate for the non-crime of a businessman settling a nuisance claim. And then you have Jack Smith uh, and Fannie Willis bringing, uh, yeah, Jack Smith bringing the, the indictment of the former president and the leading presidential candidate. It's actually Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, and Jack Smith indicting President Trump uh, for the Mar-a-Lago documents, for the non-crime of the former president having his presidential records. And the office of former president, funded by Congress with secure office space, federally funded staff with security clearances, and secret service protection. Somehow that's espionage uh, for the former president to have his presidential records when they ignore five stashes of stolen classified records that Joe Biden had in several different locations, moved several times unguarded for years and accessible by their Chinese agent and almost certainly used by Hunter Biden uh, to secure tens of millions of dollars in foreign bribes and other corruption, foreign corruption for the Biden family. It seems like every Biden was on a foreign payroll, except for the five-year-old granddaughter who Joe and Jill Biden just uh, after years acknowledged. And so we have Jack Smith indicting for that. That's front number three. And then uh, lawfare front number four and five, Jack Smith and Fannie Willis indicting President Trump for the non-crime of a presidential candidate objecting to a presidential election, which is allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887. It's also allowed by the First Amendment to twist arms politically. If it were a crime to object to presidential elections, Democrats would be in jail for objecting to Republican wins in 1968, 2000, 2004, and 2016. This is the same stuff we've been talking about for the last year. We've been predicting this, Victoria, and here we are. And, and here we wait, are. They waited 30 months to bring these charges, 30 months after President Trump left office to bring these charges. And then they say to these judges, we need to hurry up and have these trials right in the middle of the Republican primary and presidential election season. That right there, it makes it very clear this is about lawfare and election interference. This is not about justice. I've never seen anything quite like it. There was a playbook out uh, early on in the Trump administration in which they laid out, they gamed out all of this kind of stuff. And uh, in addition to labeling all different groups, Act Blue and all these other ones that went out and took a piece of uh, the puzzle that they needed to collect in order to make a big picture for the Democrats and a winning message, uh, they also have this uh, 65 Project and other lawfare groups out there trying to make lives the lives of the attorneys for President Trump very, very difficult right now. Can you tell us a little bit about the lawfare that you talk about and some of these groups that are out there and whose sole purpose is to dispirit, defame, and get rid of anybody who wants to represent former President Trump? Yeah, I mean, this is this is Soros-funded. You see these uh, the Manhattan 
DA Alvin Bragg is Soros funded. I think Fannie Willis is Soros funded. Are these Dem- this is lawfare by the Democrats. They fear they cannot beat President Trump on November 5th, 2024. So they simply want to indict him and put him in prison for the rest of his life. That is not how it works in America. That's not, we have never been at this place, like you said, Victoria. This is what happens in third world Marxist hellholes like Zimbabwe and now New York, D.C., and Atlanta. And if I would say this to these Democrat prosecutors and President Biden and Attorney General Merrick Garland, I would say this to all of them. If they think that the American people are going to accept the fact that a Democrat, that Democrat prosecutors and Democrat judges in Democrat hellholes like New York, D.C. and Atlanta are going to decide the next election instead of the American people. They don't know what's coming politically, because if you just look at the polling, Victoria, the, the Democrats think this lawfare is going to take out Trump. All it's going to do is make him stronger. And we see that in the polling. Um, Alvin Bragg's indictment of Trump won President Trump, the Republican primary, and maybe that's what they intended because they thought he would be so weak and easy to beat. Uh, Jack Smith's first indictment of Trump put Trump within very close contention with Biden. I think uh, uh, Jack Smith's second indictment of Trump won the presidency for President Trump. And I think this Fannie Willis indictment, because she's such a buffoon, uh, as we saw at her press conference and as you saw with her 41 felony charges against 19 co-defendants, including a White House chief of staff and a top Justice Department official that she does not have the legal right to bring criminal charges against whom she doesn't have the right to bring criminal charges in state court. This is uh, this is going to backfire. It's going to guarantee that Trump's back in the White House after November 5th, 2024, comfortably by like two or three percentage points. The American people are waking up to this. They overplayed their hands just like they overplayed their hand. These Democrats overplayed their hand during the Capitol confirmation. They couldn't just stick to Jack Smith's um, presidential records case, which uh, Trump's going to win as a legal matter under the Presidential Records Act, but that was their best case. Instead, they had to bring in these three other indictments, right, Just which just undermined what Jack Smith was trying to do on the records case. Same thing they did with Kavanaugh. They couldn't just stick to Christine Blasey Ford, who was lying through her teeth, but she was the best they had. They brought in five other buffoons, including Michael Avenatti and Julie Swetnick and all these other clowns that undermined everything they do. I ran the dead chicken strategy against the lawfare against Kavanaugh uh, to win his confirmation and to send four Senate Democrats into early retirement. We could run the dead chicken strategy again to make sure that President Trump is back in the White House and send a very strong message that just like we're not going to let that Me Too mob uh, have the presumption of guilt, guilt even when you prove your innocence, to destroy the lives of your brother, your father, your uncle, your son. Hell no, that's not how America is going to run. The same thing's going to happen here. We're not going to let these Marxists decide who's going to be our next president with their lawfare. They're bogus, lawless lawfare. And that's- it may be bogus, it may be lawless, but it may work in the court of public opinion. But I have to go back because I don't know what the dead chicken strategy is. Perhaps you could explain it to us. Yeah, they, I love this. So when I was, so I uh, clerked for Justice Gorsuch twice, once when he was on the 10th Circuit, when I was a younger man, and, and then once when I was this decrepit, like 40-year-old, I clerked for him again to help him get set up on the Supreme Court uh, five years ago. And so 
when you do a clear, and I, 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 I just did it for several months just to help them get set up. And then I let the younger, smarter clerks replace me. But when you do these clerkships with these Supreme Court justices, each one of the nine justices has four law clerks. And uh, each set of four law clerks goes and has lunch, goes and has lunch with each one of the, uh, the eight other justices during your term. And so the lunch with Justice Clarence Thomas was the best two and a half hours, because he loves to have long lunches, uh, the best two and a half hours of my life, because he talked about growing up on the farm in Georgia when dogs killed chickens, you would wrap those dead chickens around those dogs' necks. And as those chickens rotted around those dogs, those dogs lost the taste for chicken. And I thought, you know what? This is a good tactic to use politically. So I used that during the Christine Blasey Ford nonsense against Kavanaugh. They couldn't, like I said, they couldn't just stick to Christine Blasey Ford. So every new, each one of those new allegations that came in, those five allegations that came in, I just publicly released them and wrapped those dead chickens around those Democrats' necks, let it rot around those those Democrats next. And then Kavanaugh got confirmed. We pulled the rabbit out of the, out of the hat and confirmed Kavanaugh and four Senate Democrats got sent into early retirement the same election cycle in 2018 that Democrats won, won the House of Representatives. I think we can do the same thing with these four different indictments and along with uh, Tish James's civil fraud lawsuit against Trump, this, this five-front lawfare. And I hope other Democrat DAs jump in and try to do the same thing to Trump because each time they jump in, it just looks cheaper and more silly and undermines the prior indictment and undermines the prior indictment and undermines the prior indictment until the American people wake up and say, wait a second, this is law. This isn't legitimate. This is lawfare to take out Trump. And regardless of what they think about Trump, they may be, they may have been Trump fans who are tired of Trump, or maybe they don't even like Trump, but guess what? They're not going to let Democrat prosecutors, Democrat judges, and Democrat DA uh, uh, juries in Democrat hellholes like New York, D.C., and Atlanta pick our next president. So good but luck. But they are. But yeah, they well, are. They're they're tr- they're going to try. But I think that they're going to wake up on November 6, twenty twenty four, and it's going to be like Donald Trump ran over their puppy with his lawnmower, like he did in two thousand sixteen. I think they're going to be stunned the day the morning after the election. I wish that he would on this stump talk more about his aspirations for America instead of his legal problems. That's the impression I think a lot of people have, that he spends a lot more time talking about, you know, what they're out to get him. But we want to know, I would think, of the court of public opinion would like to know what he's going to do to change things going forward. Not because we we don't want to forget. I don't want to forget about what's going on against him. I think that's an abject lesson that everybody needs to see. But I also think they need to be inspired. No, I hear you. And he's put out, a lot of substantive, inspiring policy pronouncements on his uh, on his website. They've been I've actually been pretty impressed, amazed, frankly, that he's run such a substantive focused campaign this time, and he's putting out very serious substantive policy pronouncements uh, in these videos. And the problem is, is they're just the media is not covering them, of course, because they just want to bash Trump. So anytime. Trump wants to fight back and defend himself, which he absolutely should do. He shouldn't just roll over and play dead. Of course, the media is going to cover that and say that he's like being mean and threatening judges, which is just total nonsense. But I, I get your point. I agree with you that, and I think you're going to see that. I mean, I think President, look, I've gotten to know President Trump, and I actually think, you know, he's he'll never admit 
when he's wrong and whatever. That's just Donald Trump. But I think he knows that he made mistakes in his first term. But I think he's learned from those mistakes. And I think he's a wiser, he's going to come in as a much wiser, more experienced president this time because I think he's learned his mistakes. He had a lot of accomplishments in his first term. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He had a lot of mistakes and a lot of them were Mm self-inflicted. He'll never admit it. Uh, it's not his style, but I, I think he's a different person. This time. I, I wish that he would at least show a little humility and admit some of the things that, look, even an umbrella. Hey, look, I screwed up in some cases during my first administration. I'm not going to do that again. And here's how I'm going to fix that. Yeah, it'd be nice. I, 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 a girl can hope. I grew up in Iowa, like Irish Catholic in Iowa, you know, guilt ridden Iowan, modest. You know, I, I get that. Like, that would go a long way. It would. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, how old's Donald Trump? 75, 76 years old. You know, <laughs> I, let, let, I think we have to be realistic here. Okay. Well, uh, as uh, commentator Ben Shapiro put it, he goes, uh, whether this amounts to a crime, what, what is being alleged in this Georgia Fulton County case, comes down to the question of whether Trump himself knew he had lost the election. If he believed he'd won, then all the other accusations about against him fall away. And after all, it's not a crime to pursue a spurious legal strategy in furtherance of a delusion, as he put it. So even if you put the worst possible spin on it, it's still, it's not against the law to have an opinion. It's not against the law to object to a presidential election. It's not against the law for your lawyers to advocate novel legal theories. It's This is lawfare against the president, his lawyers, his advisors, his supporters. This is lawfare. I, and this is lawless. This will absolutely get overturned by the Supreme Court. The issue is, is whether they can get it to the Supreme Court before November 5th, 2024. I actually think there's a way they can do that. Let me tell you. I think President Trump's legal team should file a motion to dismiss both January 6th indictments, Jack Smith indictment, Along with the uh, the the indictment down in Fulton County with Fannie Willis, and it's a it's a two part motion to dismiss that's very simple. Number one, uh, to the extent that President Trump was acting within his official capacity as the president of the United States, or Mark Meadows was acting within his official capacity as the White House chief of staff, or Jeff Clark was acting within his official capacity as a senior Justice Department official, they have immunity. They have uh, they they get government immunity. The president has presidential immunity. His advisors get immunity, and it is not under federal law. You cannot charge federal officials for state crimes based upon what they did within their official capacity, even the outer perimeter of their official duties. That's the the Nixon case uh, that is that has been decided. I think it was back in 1982. This is. Long ago decided you cannot charge the president or his top White House advisors or his senior Justice Department officials for acting within their official capacity, period, full stop. And the second piece of that, alternatively, to the extent that Trump is acting within his personal capacity, this is protected speech and conduct under the First Amendment. Unless you're alleging that Trump incited the riots or advocated for violence or had the real electors tied up in Rudy Giuliani's trunk and threatened fake electors with fake IDs, there's no crime here. That that you're politicizing, you're criminalizing the political process. There is no crime as a matter of law. It might be unseemly to some, it might be crude, it might be crass, it might be ugly. That is the political 
process. And I promise you, he's going to win on either of those legal grounds in the Supreme Court. Now, the advantage of the presidential immunity argument is it is immediately appealable, meaning if the judge denies that motion, the motion to dismiss, you can appeal it immediately to the Court of Appeals and then to the U.S. Supreme Court. So President Trump needs to remove this case from this Georgia, Fulton County, Georgia court, remove it to the Northern District of Georgia, the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia, file the motion to dismiss on presidential immunity or alternatively First Amendment. If this judge denies that motion to dismiss, it is immediately appealable to the 11th Circuit. They have to take the appeal. Uh, They can decide it one way or the other, and then the Supreme Court has the discretion. If they want to take it, they can take that appeal immediately. And that's how that those January 6 cases with Jack Smith and Fannie Willis can get immediately decided before the election. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, from your lips to God's ears, or at least a judge's ears willing to do that, let's take a look, if you will, um, indulge me, at an interview, portion of an interview I had with Harvey Silberglate. He's a, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a civil rights attorney, and he happens to be John Eastman's, one of his attorneys involved in this Georgia affair. And before uh, we talked a little bit about it, and here's what he had to say about what he believes. This is before the indictment came down, right? So this is what he believes is really going on in this Georgia case. I think it's quite clear, and I'm not sure saying this as an advocate, that John Eastman has not committed any crimes. But, you know, the um, prosecutors have been imbibing this culture of thinking that just about anything can be criminalized because the federal federal statutes especially are so broad and so vague. It outlaws mail fraud and wire fraud. That means any fraud that is uh, perpetrated by the use of the telephone lines or the mails or so forth and so on. But the crimes are not generally defined. The means are defined, but not the crimes. And that's the reason why I compare it to um, Stalinist Russia, where Beria, the secret police chief, said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. We are the the the, the sense of my three felonies a day uh, book was that any American who gets up in the morning and goes to sleep at night between getting up and going to sleep has probably arguably committed three federal felonies. Well, this is not how a libertarian democracy is supposed to function. I think that it's time for a complete revamping of the federal criminal code where specific crimes are outlawed rather than these vague general mail fraud, wire fraud, because it gives federal prosecutors enormous destructive power. And I can relate that to these these Trump um, um, prosecutions. And, and let me tell you something else. Even if a reasonable analysis of the facts and the law show that Trump committed crimes, I think it is highly improper and unwise to be prosecuting him 
before a hotly contested Republican primary that will then result in a presidential election. Because what it does is it's a crime against the voters because it seeks to deprive the voters of the ability to reelect Trump if they want to. So that's Harvey Silverglate. He is not a conservative. He's a libertarian slash old school lib. And this is what he has to say about it. And of course, now he's just horrified at what has happened to John Eastman. Well, what do you think? I mean, I agree with a lot of what he says. And I remember when I clerked for Justice Gorsuch when he was on the Tenth Circuit back in 2006 and 2007, Judge, then Judge Gorsuch was always a fierce defender of a criminal's rights, their procedural rights, and their substantive rights. And as a conservative judge, he took a lot of flack for that from other conservatives. And my response to those conservatives who gave him flack were, just wait, because when leftists take over the prosecutor's office, they're coming after us, and we're going to be the ones who need due process and need equal protection and need these constitutional guarantees that protect criminal defendants because they're going to come after us. And sure as hell, here we are right now after the Obama, after President Obama and Eric Holder weaponized the Justice Department against Republicans. They were the worst offenders. And here we are. This is the natural and probable result of this. And again, Victoria, we've been talking about this since the Mar-a-Lago raid a year ago. We predicted this was coming and people didn't believe it. And I would say to Republicans who are happy about what's going on because they think that they're going to get Trump out of the way and they're going to get who they think is a better presidential candidate. Trump Trump is in their Trump is in the way of these Marxist prosecutors, right? And he might be the last line of defense. If they take out Trump as a presidential candidate, as a former president, as a billionaire, if they can take him out and throw him in jail or put him in home confinement or whatever they're going to do, it is the end of our country. Think about this. That is, think about crossing the Rubicon. Remember, Caesar crossed the Rubicon from Gaul into Rome because the the Roman insiders, the Roman elite, did not like Caesar. He was too much of a populist, and they ran lawfare against Caesar. And so he Caesar felt like he had he was backed into a corner. He had nothing else to do other than take his invading army into Rome, and it led to civil war and the collapse of the Roman Empire. I'm not saying we should go to civil war here by any means, but what I think this is going to lead to is a tit-for-tat legally and politically where if Tr President Trump gets back into office, his Justice Department is going to start indicting Biden and, Bi and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and James Biden and you know other Democrats, and it's going to be a tit-for-tat in the fall of our country. This is crossing the Rubicon, what the Democrats did here. And why couldn't they? They waited 30 months to bring to bring these charges. Why couldn't they wait until after the presidential election to do this? So this is where House, this is where House Republicans need to step up. There are two appropriations writers, two appropriations writers that House Republicans must include in the next uh, appropriation cycle. Number one, no federal funds may be used to prosecute any major presidential candidate on or before November 5th, 2024. Number two. Any state or local jurisdiction that prosecutes any major presidential candidate on or before November 5th, 2024, loses all federal funds. We have to say to these prosecutors, this is unprecedented what you're doing. This is the first time this has happened in 200, 
50 years of our republic. It's republic ending tactics. We're not going to we're not going to fund this. And if we have to shut down the government over this, we're going to lose our country anyway. That's right. That's right. I think you do have to actually go that to that extent to cut off their funding and to tell them that they they can't do what they're doing because you're right. Uh, somebody's got to stand up and be the adult in the room and say, this is going to destroy our country. You are not, you're not the boss of us. So go sit down, Miss Willis, uh, in your little office that you can't control. By the way, speaking of can't controlling, what did you make of the fact that the indictments came out early? Why do you think that happened? I think it's amazing. They, they, these indictments went from the, the grand jury to the, the clerk of the court and got posted on the website when people found it early the, before the jury deliberated and voted the, this indictments on the, the clerk of the court's website when they could, got confronted about it. The clerk of the court s- said it was like a hoax or whatever the hell they said. And then they got confronted again when the, when the indictment matched the one that came out or nearly matched that came out. Okay, if it's a hoax, how did it match the indictment? They came out, then they came up with another excuse, and then they came up with another excuse. It just shows you that Fulton County, this Democrat hellhole down in Atlanta, should not decide our next presidential elections. These incompetent buffoons who are in the Fulton County DA's office, including Fannie Willis, and in these incompetent buffoons who are in the Fulton County court system should not be deciding the presidential election. They're not equipped to do it. That's not how our constitutional republic operates. Oh, this is the land of Stacey Abrams, who at least uh, for years said she actually won the governorship of uh, Georgia. So it does yeah. make you kind of wonder. It does. Maybe really they didn't put her in jail because they don't have enough food to feed her. Who knows? <laughs> so let's go over the elements of this real quick, as I know we can't uh, take you too much longer. But the continuing enterprise, the continuing criminal enterprise being run by President Trump and all of his minions, the other 18 defendants, which include people, and, and the, the enterprise was winning the election. Is that a continuing criminal enterprise? So here's the problem with this. this so Fannie Willis brought a RICO claim against President Trump and 18 other defendants, including Justice Department official, White House chief of staff, volunteer electors, other people. <laughs> this is a statute that you use to take down the mob, not right. your rivals. This is insane what they've well, done. I, but but Trump's Hitler, so that's okay, right? There's a yeah. There's the Trump derangement syndrome exception to the Constitution, <laughs> U.S. Constitution, Georgia Constitution, federal statutes, state statutes, and just common sense and decency. There's the there's the Trump derangement syndrome exception to all that. But if you think <laughs> about this. What did they allegedly conspire to do? What was the illegal act they allegedly conspired to do? Object to the election? Uh, that's not illegal. That's allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887. Twist arms politically. Trump was mean to his vice president. That's not illegal. That's protected by presidential immunity. If he's acting within his uh, presidential capacity, it's protected by the First Amendment if he's acting within his personal capacity. This is an insane legal theory by a doofus Democrat prosecutor, and just go watch her press conference. She is, she is, her 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 indictments is loud, long, and lawless. As was her press conference. She is a total buffoon, 
And and if I were the Democrats, I, I will would watch probably, that. I didn't realize that she'd done that. So yes, I will. Yeah, I, I would say to the Democrats, do you really want Jack Smith, who looks like a, a serial killer, and <laughs> Alvin Bragg and Fannie Willis as your spokespeople, and then throw in Tish James, the New York AG, with her fraud theory? You, do you really want these four clowns as the face of the Democrat Party going into November fifth, twenty twenty four? Every time they do a press conference. I want President Trump to run TV ads with just their press conference and at the end say, I'm Donald Trump and I, I approve this message. Yeah. So uh, we have this RICO statute that is, I, I, let's see, I think Margot Cleveland, who I like to read, said that this RICO claim is exceedingly weak. And even Andy McCarthy, who usually is wrong for a long time until he's until he comes on board and goes, wow, these guys really are doing this. Holy shit. We got to do something. And then he writes something that says, by the way, I was, you know, this, this is actually the way it is. Anyway, he said it was ridiculous. He said, that yeah, I mean, no this is what I want to say to, and I like Andy McCarthy. I like you too? You know, NRO. There are weak sisters in the Republican party. Everyone needs a weak sister. But I would just say to these are weak sisters in the Republican party, whether it's Andy McCarthy or NRO or House Republicans, or particularly Georgia Republicans. It seems like that these white Southern male politicians are the biggest cowards on the planet. They're so scared of being called racist that they just cow anytime Democrats tell them to cow. They're, they're so weak. But I would say to our weak sisters in the Republican Party, I told you so. I told you since the Mar-a-Lago raid last August, this was not ending well. And they're not. this is not going to end with President Trump right? It's just like, they're not just going after the conservative Supreme Court justices, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett. They are going after Justice Kavanaugh and trying to kill him, his wife, and their two teenage daughters in their home. They're going after the chief justice, for crying out loud, and his wife, Jane. This is not, like, this is not our parents or grandparents' Democrat party. These are liberals who love America and just disagree with conservatives on the best way to get there. They're not going to go back to the norms after Trump is gone. These are leftists. These are Marxists. They hate America. They hate free speech. They believe in censorship. They hate equality. They believe in equity. They hate due process. They believe in Me Too and throwing your political enemies in prison. This, like, wake up, wake weak sisters of the Republican Party. This is not going to end well. And the only thing they respect is power. That's all they care about is power, and that's all they respect. So House Republicans, Georgia Republicans, Andy and his weak sisters at NRO, time to show power. Take off the gloves, put on the brass knuckles, break their glass jaws, legally and politically. I don't want to go to jail. I'm not advocating for violence because, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, we're going to have a big tish coming after me if I, if I, or Aunt Fanny coming after me if I advocate for violence. I'm not doing that. How, how have you they gone after you? Because I have to believe that if they're going after John Eastman, they're going after uh, other attorneys for President Trump. Uh, they are going after allies of President Trump. I mean, can you be too far behind? I welcome them to come after me because you know what? There, there, there is no chance they will cow me. I will. Even if I am the in the jail cell next to Donald Trump, there is no way they're going to muzzle me. So I dare them. I welcome them to come after me. I will make it the most miserable criminal prosecutions of their damn life. Well, I hope that uh, President Trump's taken some notes on how to 
go about uh, conducting himself as well as his legal. Do you have trust in his legal um, teams? I do. I do. I think that President Trump is uh, gearing up with some very good lawyers, both publicly and behind the scenes. I feel very confident that he's going to win these cases. He's going to win the January 6th cases, I think, early on motions to dismiss that may have to get resolved by the U.S. Supreme Court, but I feel very confident in their presidential immunity argument. And then I think that um, on the documents case, I feel very good with the Judge Cannon having this case in a, uh, a, a Florida jury. There's no chance they're going to find him guilty on that documents case. And I feel uh, very good that Alvin Bragg's case in New York is so insane that even a Manhattan jury is not going to go along with their insanity. I don't know. You got a grand jury to indict him. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous, too. So um, asking for redress of grievances is one of the things that is included in the Georgia um, indictment attacking Jeff Clark for drafting a lawyer letter. I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let me tell you this. I, I hope these people understand when President Trump's back in the White House after he shocks them on November 5th, 2024, and I am his acting attorney general. That's right. During, you, during you're my, advocating for that, right? You're lobbying yes. for that openly. No, I, I'm going to get it. During my three-week reign of terror as his acting attorney general, I am going to indict. I'm going to fire. I'm going to detain. I'm going to deport. I'm going to recommend pardons for five. I have five different lists going, and I'm going to reign hell during my three-week reign of terror. I'm going to leave office with my Trump pardon. And I'm going to just laugh because guess what? If Democrats want to run this law affair, you're, you're dealing with. So I was raised by Democrats. I was raised by these Irish Catholic leading heart Democrat parents. And so I know how these Democrats think and I know how leftists think. Right. So I, I can play ball. I, I can play ball. And I, it's it, I always say two wrongs don't make it right, but it makes it even. And uh, I'm going to give them a healthy dose of their own medicine so they never, ever, ever even think about doing this Democrat lawfare against Republicans ever again. It's not just Trump. It's not just Trump's top aides. It's not just Trump's lawyers. It's not just Trump supporters. They're going after Christians praying outside of uh, abortion clinics. They're going after parents outraged at school board meetings. Uh, Obama and his doofus Biden have destroyed our federal law enforcement and intel agencies. They need to be gutted. They need to, we need to start fresh. There is a lot to be done, and this next election is critical. Do you want Joe Biden or Donald Trump replacing Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court? Because guess what? If Joe Biden wins re-election, it's game over America. There goes our God-given rights to speak, to associate, to worship, to protect ourselves. We're well, our absolutely entire, right. Yeah, They're already entire, coming for the little people. Yeah, our entire republic is on the line on November 5th, 2024, and I think, I hope, Republicans, including our weak sisters in the Republican Party, like my friend Andy McCarthy and my friends at NRO and the Georgia Republican elected officials, I think they, I hope they understand how much is on the line on November, November 5th, 2024. Is there anything that he could be uh, found guilty on? The reason I ask is because there's something on the order of 91 counts against him in all of these different cases. He could go to prison for years. I mean, if he were found guilty on even one. Yeah, and I mean, there are a lot of people out there. I just want to ask you how you go ahead, Mike Davis, and uh, uh, mollify people who think, or at least uh, minimize or mitigate the argument that people say, "Well, he must have done something wrong." 
I mean, look at all these counts against him. He's he's obviously something like he was a Russian spy, obviously. Well, it's again, it's it's what they did during Kavanaugh, where they they couldn't just stick to Christine Blasey Ford. They they rolled in five others, and it looks silly at that point. That's they have they have jumped the shark by not only going after Trump for his presidential records, their strongest case, even though it's protected under the Presidential Records Act. Uh, that's their strongest case. They brought in five, what three more, including these utter buffoon cases by Alvin Bragg and Fannie Willis. Like, come on. And then Tish Jane's up in New York with her civil fraud case. That's that's why it looks silly. Just look at the polling. It's, it's backfiring on the Democrats. They are going to be stunned on November 6th, 2024, the day, the morning after the election. Do you think that they're they're dictating this whole thing from the AG's office. I think it's I think it's coming from President Biden himself, his top White House advisors. Maybe Obama's involved. Merrick Garland's certainly involved. I know that President Biden's involved because Jonathan Sue, his deputy White House counsel, is the one who relayed to the National Archives before the the raid last August in Mar-a-Lago that President Biden was waiving President Trump's claim of executive privilege. So President Biden personally greenlighted that that home raid that led to the unprecedented indictment of a former president for having his presidential records. Oh, while President Biden had five stashes of stolen classified records, moved several times, uh, accessible by their Chinese agent, unguarded for years, and almost certainly used uh, by Hunter Biden to secure tens of millions of dollars in foreign bribes and other corruption. But we're just, we're going to appoint, appoint a, a compliance special counsel in the name of Robert Hur after Merrick Garland got caught secretly colluding with Biden for two months while he's while he's going after Trump for his presidential records. We're going to appoint Robert Hur, this deep state wimp special counsel from Maryland who hasn't done a damn thing while Jack Smith has broken through every norm to go after President Trump. Yeah, Hur is in the witness protection program, isn't he? And not that I hope he uh, gets stuff done because clearly it's just a cover. What did you think about the the uh, approval of the the um, uh, uh, special counsel in the Hunter Biden stuff. What did you think of that move? So David Weiss was handpicked by both Democrat home state senators. I was the chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee when his nomination went through, and we had to let it go through because that's who the home state senators want. I have the letter that I posted on Twitter. They were, he, David Weiss is a Democrat picked and the Democrats picked very well because he's been covering for Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, James Biden, and the Biden crime family for the last five years. He has let sta- the statute of limitations expire on key tax evasion charges to cover up key years that the Bidens were taking illegal foreign bribes and other corruption from China, Ukraine, Romania, other other places around the world, tens of millions of dollars. It seems like, again, every Biden family member except for the five-year-old granddaughter who they refused to even acknowledge for five years, got money. Uh, David Weiss got caught by a judge who was actually doing her job and asked a basic question and unraveled the fact that there was a secret backdoor pardon in this plea agreement to give Hunter Biden essentially blanket immunity over every possible federal crime. She called this out. And so they appointed David Weiss as a special counsel so they can get this case moved out from Delaware, where they thought this judge was going to rubber stamp this sweetheart deal. And now they're moving the, the tax evasion case to D.C. and California. This is a cover-up. House Republicans need to move forward immediately with impeachment on Joe Biden, 
for his corruption and his uh, his poor corruption and his politic weaponization and politicization of his Justice Department and for and for Attorney General Merrick Garland for being President Biden's wingman and accomplice. Hmm. Oh, gee, I guess we'll leave it there. Pretty much covered it, and um, I see that you think that there are defenses against all of these these cases that President Trump could be found innocent or at least not guilty or get off or somehow. And I hope you're right. I really do. Cause I think this is a travesty. Yeah. Um, I, I think Trump's going to win all these as a legal matter. It's going to take mm -hmm. a while to get these to the Supreme court, but as a matter of politics, the, the American people on November 5th, 2024 are going to shut down this law firm by putting president Trump back in the white house. I mean, do you really think you'll you'll get a say uh, what happens at the AG's office? Are you serious about wanting to be the AG for three weeks just to just mess stuff up? Now, I mean, I, I don't think it's legally possible uh, for me to be the acting attorney general, but it's Why quite fun because you have to be uh, under the vacancy act. You have to be a uh, you have to be at the acting who's in line, or you have to be there ah. for night days senior position. But it's oh. very, or you, have, you have to be in another Senate confirmed position. But it is quite fun trolling people, saying that I'm going to be acting <laughs> attorney general. Love it. Thanks again, Mike Davis. But my best to you, and I hope people are taking your advice. And because why not? Because the country depends on getting this right. And if they're getting it all wrong, we have to go after them. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen. And give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed.